Congrats, mom and dad. Congratulations, you are having twins. <laughs> that is both awesome and terrifying news at the same time. So the sheer shock of having one child can be enough to just throw people into shock. But the idea of having more than one child, that could be enough to seriously make people pass out, y'all. Get this. The record for the highest number of recorded multiple deaths or multiple births is eight, twice by two different families. The first set was born to the Chukwu family in Texas of 1998, while the other was born to the Sullivan family in California in the year 2019. Now, can you be, even begin to fathom what it's like for multiple kids to share the same birthday, let alone be born at the exact same time? We were blessed with three beautiful daughters. Now notice that I said daughters. I have no sons, therefore I have failed my family line in producing a male heir that is gonna continue on the lineage, but we thank God for our blessings nevertheless. So while we have these three beautiful daughters, God himself knows all about having billions of kids who all share the same birthday. As a matter of fact, he had thousands of kids who were all born at the exact same time. So why is that? It's because of the Pentecost, the biblical festival that celebrates the birth of the church. Now, just for a short recap, I want to show you just a little video to kind of talk about what we discussed last Sunday. In this second temple model of Jerusalem, the Jerusalem of Jesus' day, we're looking at these steps which led up toward the Temple Mount. Here's where the pilgrims would throng and come right up into the Temple Mount for the Passover feasts, for Pentecost or Shavuot. And just beyond them, between the long steps and the short steps, there's a network of immersion pools or mikvaot that people would use to immerse themselves before going up to the Temple Mount. We're just really around the corner from where the bar mitzvahs have been taking place. That would have been the, the Western Wall or what they used to call the Wailing Wall. That's the Western kind of enclosure, the temple compound. And we just came right around there to the Southern Steps. And the Southern Steps are where something extremely, extremely significant happened. Because in, in Acts, in the book of Acts, the disciples were gathering right around here just oh, a little bit up the hill, Mount what Zion. they call Mount Zion today. It's yeah. not biblically Mount Zion, it's the Mishneh or the second quarter. But from there, there was something that happened and they came down on to this day? area. Well, I think it was the day of Pentecost. Yeah, exactly, on, on Shavuot. Oh, so that's a Christian holiday, right? Yeah, right. You'd think that, that Shavuot or Pentecost just started uh, at Acts 2 and it's a Christian holiday. But it's a it's, Greek holiday. It's a Greek holiday, but really its roots are in this Jewish festival from Leviticus 23, the Feast of Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks. And what happened up there? Well, what happened, of course, was that the disciples were gathering because Yeshua, because Jesus had told them, he had said, wait for the promise of the Father to come. You will receive power and you will be my witnesses starting in Jerusalem and going everywhere else in the world, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. They weren't sure what it meant. Remember, just three days, uh, on the third day of those 50 days, Yeshua had risen from the dead. And then 40 days, after Passover, he had ascended. 
So they're 10 days gathering, waiting, saying, God, you know, what will you do? Is it at this time? What's going to happen? And then all of a sudden in this prayer meeting, there's a sound of a mighty rushing wind. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as a fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Acts chapter 2. So as we discussed last week, this is officially the church's birthday. So happy Pentecost or Shavuot family. While we have our own unique birthdays, this is the birthday that we share collectively. This is where heaven gained a bunch of new babies all at one time. Now, for all of those, those of you who don't know me, my name is Fred Gallup. And I'm one of the pastoral residents here at Element, and I am delighted to spend this Sunday, this very special Sunday of Pentecost Sunday, where we're celebrating together as being born into the family of God with you. Now, a special shout out to you if you don't even believe the same things that we do. Here at Element, like seriously, y'all, from the bottom of our heart, we really want to say thank you for even humoring us, for allowing us to spend a few moments of our time telling you about why we love the Lord Jesus. Even if you never come to believe the same things that we do, we just want you to know that we love you. But of course, our goal is to hope that God wins you over with the message of the gospel. So for an overview, we're going to be concluding a very brief two-part message on the topic of Pentecost, which is the birth of the people of God ultimately fulfilled in the church. So Throughout today's message, we're going to be utilizing the New Living Translation of the Bible. I love this version of the Bible because I'm a firm proponent of the fact that you should get a Bible that you can understand. The New Living Translation is just that. So let's dig into the Word of God. So the main scripture for today, drum roll please, is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. So Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4 says, On the day of Pentecost, or Shavuot, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was, get this, filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So again, filled with the Holy Spirit. So now with that being said, our big idea for today is that we want to be filled with and led by the Spirit of God. So be filled with and led by the Spirit of God. So aside from that main idea, I want to leave you with three main things as well. So I would, like to, I would like for you to take away these three points. One, you have power. Two, live by that power. And three, there is victory in that power. So for a little bit of context, so anyone who has ever heard me preach or teach will know that I, pre I frequently repeat this statement as we interpret Scripture, that context determines Meaning. 
That's so important when we're studying scripture. As stated earlier, Pentecost is the birth of the church. The Bible records two miraculous Pentecost moments. The first one was the birth of the official nation of Israel by giving of the Torah or the law of Moses as we know it back on Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 19, which we discussed last week in great detail. And the second one was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which was the birth of the church in Acts chapter 2, which we just read. So the festival of Pentecost or Shavuot is a celebration of the newness of life for the collective people of God. So last week, we really laid the foundation and discussing the origins of, the, of this festival of wonders. But this week, we're going to be dealing with the effects of this miraculous event. So the effects of it, what came as a result of it, which was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon individual and collective believers who were gathered as a collective unit. Yes, my beautiful people, we are discussing what it means to be led by the Spirit of God. So we're also going to be giving the Spirit of God honor today because he's often the, the forgotten about third member of the Trinity. I know it's going to sound weird for me to say this for some folks, but it is perfectly okay to worship the Holy Spirit because he is God alongside the Father and the Son, one God. So today... You're going to learn a couple different things, but I want to start off by teaching you this Hebrew word. This Hebrew word is very important for our first point. So the Hebrew word is moed, or it's also moedim. And what this, and that moedim is the plural of moed. So what this means is appointed times or festivals. The moedim, which we touched on last week, ranging from Passover all the way to the Festival of Tabernacles are the appointed times where God in the Old Testament promised to meet with his people as they celebrated his goodness. Now, with that being said, allow me to pick on myself just for a second because many of you know that I'm in the Air Force and I also work in military health care. So at any, mili any, any military person who doesn't work in healthcare has a love-hate relationship with the care that we give, unfortunately. As a matter of fact, if you let them tell it, <laughs> we are never, ever open as we are always closed for training, which is a recurring joke in the Air Force. But when they do show up, apparently we are never, ever on time to meet them for their appointments, which, you know, this is blatantly false. But whatever, we're going to let you have your fun picking on us. But God, on the other hand, is not like that. God is he does not fit the stereotype of military medicine as he is never late. God, he shows up on time and he doesn't just simply prescribe Motrin, which we call vitamin M, vitamin M, but he deals with the heart of the issue and he meets the need of his people. Now, to further illustrate this point, let's take a look. So point one, you have power. Acts chapter one, verses four through five, and then verse eight states, once he was finished eating with them, he being Jesus, this is after, his res uh, this is after his, he rose from the dead, he made, sudden, he made appearances to his disciples for the next 40 days and he ate with them. He commanded them saying, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Okay, so now, although believers had already trusted in Jesus to be their Savior, they were still waiting for the promise of God from way back in John 16 when Jesus initially promised it. Now, here's a good point. We have to keep in mind that that these disciples, they were living the narrative out by faith. You and I, we have the complete holy writ. We have from Genesis to Revelation. We have it all already shown to us. But these disciples were living this thing out. They had no idea what they were doing, but they trusted God. They were simply waiting in Jerusalem as the Lord had instructed them to do. So what this teaches us is that sometimes in our relationship with God, we may get simple commands that we have no idea what they mean at the time. But we have to be faithful to that small nugget that God gave us and he will reveal what it is in due time. So oftentimes you and I in our own flesh, we will wait until we see the whole picture before we choose whether or not we're ready to commit and obey. But honestly speaking, if we saw the whole picture, then we might not obey at all because there are things down the road that we did not think that we can handle in our current state. If God showed you everything that he had in store for you, a lot of us would return and go back into Egypt just like Israel begged to do. This is why God wants us to be faithful in the moment. This Christian faith is, is a whole lifetime of faith, but it is a moment by moment faith where we say, God, I need you right now. I need you to govern and guide my footsteps right now and lead me into what you have for me. So another word that I want to teach you. So it's this, it's this Greek word for power, which is dunamis. There is like this power is so important here because we have to understand that this power is nothing that comes from you and I. It comes from on high and it and it enables believers to live by God's ways fueled by the grace that God offers. It is by this dunamis that the believer is able to live a lifestyle worthy of their calling. So why is this dunamis necessary? I'm going to tell you why, and it may be offensive, because at our core, we really need to have this understanding, y'all. At our core, you and I, we are not good people. I I know, I know, but we're not good people. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches us in numerous different places that there is no one good, not a single person. The only person who ever lived that was, was the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All of us are fallen and despicably wicked, y'all. This is why we needed that power, because you and I, we stand here condemned And then God's God's standard of perfection is so infinitely beyond us. But what this dunamis is, what this power, what this grace is, as I like to call it, it's that buffer that attaches from us to God's standard of perfection. And as a result of this, we are able to live lives that pleases God. That's so important that we must do everything by the power of the Holy Spirit and not by our own flesh. So this same dunamis, it enables the believer to be a witness. That's another Greek word there. It's a witness as it translates back from the Greek as martus or where we get the word martyr from. Okay, so this word witness literally means martyr. 
Yes. Understand what I'm saying very clearly here. The power of God through the spirit that flows through us enables us to be martyrs. Martyrs, y'all. Witnesses to his goodness, no matter what the cost is, at any given situation, we will continuously witness about the goodness of our Lord. This is the power that the Lord offers you and I by being, simply being born again with a spiritual nature. As a matter of fact, it's this song that I love by a rapper named Thistle. Um, he's a Christian rapper. His song is entitled, We Signed Up to Die. Okay, signed up to die. We are literally martyrs, witnesses of what God is doing. So with this power, the Lord is calling you and I to come out of our own selfish shells and to witness to all people. As believers, our lives no longer belong to us. We die to ourselves. We are under new authority and new ownership. We belong to God just as we discussed last week, and we are empowered and inspected to be these witnesses in our own local surroundings. For example, Jerusalem, which is our own, our own families, friends and co-workers, larger surroundings when God gives us the opportunities, which is our Judea, and ultimately the part of the global work that God is doing. And this is why, ladies and gentlemen, family. This is why Element is such a great church, because of the empowered work that happens here as we bring the gospel to all people. Ladies and gentlemen, you belong to an amazing spirit-filled church of martyrs. So shout out to Element for being such a, a city on a hill that displays God's glory. So now I could probably guess what some of y'all are thinking. Yeah, preacher, that sounds good and everything, but I mean, I'm not at that point yet. Listen, I'm struggling through this thing called life. I'm just here trying to get me right. You know, you talk about me being involved in ministry and everything. I need to be right. I'm a mess. <laughs> I keep messing up, but you want me to do ministry? Come on now. And I, I'm going to just tell you, that's a valid concern. That's a legitimate concern. And now I know that it takes time and spiritual discipline to get there. But as a matter of fact, if you were waiting to get you right, you will never stop waiting because you cannot get you right. That's something that the Lord does. You and I, we're supposed to catch the fish while the Lord himself cleans it. We cannot get ourselves right because we have this thing called flesh, which we're going to be talking about. So maybe your ministry at this point in time is to learn how to walk with the Lord. Just simply won't learn how to walk with the Lord, and that is perfectly okay. Everybody's at different stages in this. Y'all, this, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon, and we are all in this thing together. So in order to do so, it involves us doing the little things that get to the point where we feel empowered and are led to do the work of the Lord. If you're not sure how you can contribute to this global mission as of yet, work on these basic spiritual disciplines, which are establishing, establishing a daily prayer and scriptural life. Get with the spiritual mentor or accountability partner and look for opportunities to serve in your community, starting with your own ministry. All of these things are of vital importance because in order to devote ourselves to the martyrdom that the Lord has called us to, we have to have that. We have a significant adversary that's in front of us. And now that adversary you may be thinking is Satan, it's other people. No, I want you to tap yourself on the shoulder and say, self, you're the problem. Yes, yeah, self, 
you're the problem. Self, Fred, I am the problem. We have a lot of flesh, y'all. Which brings me to my second point, live by that power. So it goes without saying that our flesh is an absolute beast. And this is a continual struggle that you and I will fight against um, the whole of our lives. So the thing about God is that God, after he saved us, he is making us more holy and he is setting us apart from sin. But that's a process to that and a process called sanctification. And we're going to continue to fight against this until the Lord returns and he grabs us and takes us home in what's called glorification. We are always going to fight against our flesh, y'all. And I want to be fully transparent with you. I am a preacher, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> I've been walking in my salvation with the Lord. The Lord has been keeping me since 2008, May of 2008. And I've been preaching the gospel ever since um, 2010, September of 2010. But even with this being said, your boy still struggles in a number of areas. Not even going to sit here and lie to you. There are times where I want to be all up in my flesh, especially as I respond to how people respond to me. There are times where I do not want to live like a Christian, if I can just be honest with you. Sometimes I just want to take a pause and say, Fred, do what you want to do. Go off on this person. While we're not making excuses for sinning, we have to give ourselves some grace. God gives us infinite grace, so you have to give you some grace too. You and I are, you and I are being perfected. We are not perfect, as this is why we need to rely on the grace God gives us and be led by the power of the Holy Spirit. And for this reason is the reason why the Apostle Paul, he gives sound advice in Galatians chapter 5. And now as we turn to Galatians chapter 5, we're going to be looking at verses 16 through 17, where Paul says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Sinful nature is the flesh. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting against each other. So you are not free to carry out your own good intentions. So allow me to say this very clearly. Your flesh is by nature opposed to the spirit of God. This, my friends, is the human condition. In reality, our flesh is nothing more than a dirt suit. As, as part of the curse of sin, the Lord promised that since we come from the dust, we are going to return to the dust. Your body by nature is decaying and is showing the signs of that decay, not only physically, but spiritually as well. Left alone to your own devices, you will not do all right. This is why, Christians, we need the spirit of God. Let's make this abundantly clear, abundantly clear. You and I, in our own strength, do not want to submit to the Lord. We want lordship over our own lives. And let's take it a step further to see what the flesh drives us to do. In the same chapter, Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, Paul says, When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, 
envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have told you before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I really need us to get a good understanding of that warning there. Trusting in your own ability and living by your own flesh will make you miss the kingdom of God. You cannot do this on your own. This is serious. This is extremely serious. In our own strength, this uphill battle is literally impossible. But thanks be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that we have been given power through Christ's glorious death and resurrection to live by the spirit that the Lord has given us. That's what's important, y'all. Conversely, this is the good news of living by the spirit. So Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through, uh, 22 through 25. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. This is the good side of it. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. That means you can be as good as you want to be to other people. Don't let other people stop you from doing you and what God has blessed you with. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross, to his cross, and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And this is why Paul in Romans chapter 8, verse 13, he shows us that if we live by the flesh, we're going to continue to die and decay. But if we live by the Spirit, we're going to live, y'all. Glory to God for that. So, through the power of Christ's resurrection and the power of God's Holy Spirit given at Pentecost, you and I have victory over sin and are able to live lives that are pleasing to God. But yes, we're going to continue to wrestle with this flesh, but at the same point in time, we are victors over all things through the power of Christ's resurrection and the Holy Spirit that's given to us. So I hope this has been encouraging for you as it has been for me, y'all, because I know I need all the encouragement that I can get in this life as I continue to wrestle against this dirt suit called flesh. But if you've ever found yourself in a situation where you have limited yourself because of your own perceived inadequacy, don't fret about that because you are in great company with great men and women of the Bible. As a matter of fact, as I prepare to close out, I want to point you back to the Apostle Peter for evidence of this on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. So that leads me to my third and final point. There is victory in the power that God gives. Victory in that power. Peter perhaps the most well-known apostle that walked with Jesus, he had his own fair share of flesh struggles. Peter was what we call a good dude. He, you know, you and I, we, we consider Peter a good dude, but he consistently put his foot in his mouth and made some questionable decisions even while walking with the Lord Jesus. Peter, now this is the same guy, when trying to defend Jesus, he swung his sword and he cut somebody's ear off. He was not going for the sword. I mean, he was not going for the ear. He was trying to kill that person. Peter is the same man who said he would never walk away from Jesus. But in Jesus's most pressing hours, right before his death on the cross, 
Peter denied him three times and even to the point of calling down curses for people saying that he was a disciple of Jesus. So Peter, in layman's terms, cussed people out because people were calling him a Christian and saying he walked with Jesus. Peter was an imperfect man who had flesh issues just like you and I do. However, this is the good news. However, by the dunamis, that power that was given to Peter on the day of Pentecost, Peter became an absolute preaching machine and he stood as a rock in the church. Peter, on this great Pentecost, being full of the Spirit, preached one of the most powerful messages of all time, the most powerful gospel message, among the most powerful gospel messages of all time to the Jews who were gathered from all parts of the world and then gathered into Jerusalem. So, yes, y'all, you got to understand this, that God used this imperfect man as a tool for his perfect plan. That's the good news about this Christian faith, that God uses crooked sticks. God uses crooked sticks to make straight lines. Crooked sticks make straight lines in the hands of God. And God, listen, you don't have to worry about being qualified because God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies those whom he calls. He's going to empower you for whatever work that he puts in front of you. Through the Holy Spirit, empowering this imperfect man, preaching to a bunch of dazed and confused people who had no idea who he was, God, through his preaching, through the power of the Holy Spirit, saved 3,000 people on one single day, and they were all birthed into this church. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what's possible when we surrender to the Lord and live by the Spirit as opposed to our own flesh. God is able to do amazing things through us, through, through the Spirit, uh, through us because of the Spirit that's inside of us. And if you ever have a doubt of what God can do to you, do through you, despite your limitations, let this be a reminder. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, the Lord teaches us that the good things that God begin in you, he will complete on the day of Christ Jesus, y'all. God has his hand over you if you are saved. And despite your limitations, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that he has given you that's going to lead you and guide you. Now, I never want to make any assumptions. I never want to make any assumptions here. Um... Some of you may not have this Holy Spirit. Some of you may not even have a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus. Listen to me when I tell you this. Out of everything that I said today, the most important thing that you can do, the most important message that you can hear is that of the gospel message. And the gospel message, meaning the good news of Jesus Christ, it teaches us that God created our first ancestors perfect and free from sin, free from sin. But they chose to sin, which inevitably affected everything. God cursed everything uh, because of their sin, and we were born into that sin. And as a result of that, you and I, we break God's law through sinning. You and I, we stand condemned before a holy and righteous God. There is nothing in us that's good. And the more that we try to do what's right and earn our way into heaven, the more it compounds the problem. The more we trust in ourselves, the farther we walk away from God. But God says, listen, you deserve death because the Bible teaches us that the wages of sin is death. However, it teaches us that 
the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So even though we all deserve death, on that cross, what God did is that he gave up his one and only son so that he could absorb the death, the full wrath of God that you and I actually deserve. So Jesus took on our sin and our iniquity, which is our, our lawlessness and our, our, our breaking of God's moral laws, and instead he gave us righteousness. That's called the great exchange right there. And Jesus died with that and he buried sin and he rose three days later with all power in his hands. He rose victoriously over sin, y'all. The resurrection is the most important truth in this Christian faith. And how do we make this all apply to you? The only thing that you have to do, the only thing God asks is that you trust him. You simply need to place your faith in God through Jesus Christ. So if you have never done that, if you are looking and saying, I this is just too good for me. I, I now stand condemned before God, but God, but Jesus paid my debt. Are you serious? The only thing I have to do is trust in him. Yes, it's just that simple. And then from there on, you devote the rest of your life to worshiping God and glorifying the Lord Jesus and how you live. It's a step by step, day by day thing, y'all. So if that's you and you want to receive salvation, I just ask that you pray with me. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. God, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I've broken your law and I stand condemned before you. Lord, I want what you have to offer. I want salvation. And I trust that you've provided salvation for me through the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. So God, I receive this and I thank you for clearing my debt in your court. God, I thank you that you have saved me from my sin and that I, am, I no longer have to fear anything, God, because you are my father and I am your child. So, God, we just pray these things, Lord God. We also pray that those of us who receive this word, we pray that just as the enemy, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, God. But we pray that this produces a 30, 60, one, even a 100-fold return, Lord God. We thank you, God, that we recognize the Spirit's leading in our lives. And, God, we thank you that we can follow the Spirit. And we thank you for giving us essentially that cheat code, God, to allow us to please you. So, Lord, as we depart from this place, depart from this service, but never from your presence, we pray all these things in the matchless name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Listen, Element family. I absolutely love you. I just want to say happy Pentecost, a Shavuot. Let's continue to celebrate the Holy Spirit. God bless you.